Hey, Kibitz listeners. Yes, it's been a long time. I've missed you. I hope you've missed me. Uh, but we're back with this special Hanukkah edition of Casher vs. Casher live at eCar in Los Angeles as part of their Give Light, Offer Warmth, or Glow program. And sure, you know, I know Hanukkah is already over. You had a lot of latkes. You feel kind of gross. Uh, but this episode is kind of a look back, if you will, at the holiday that many Jews know little about. And, you know, you can use the knowledge next year in 5780. Plus, Moshe and his brother David were on fire. I'm telling you, it was they were hilarious. And these guys, one rabbi, one a comedian, they're two of the smartest, funniest, most soulful dudes you'll ever hear on a Jewish podcast. So, hopefully we'll be back with more episodes in the near future. But uh, in the meantime, please enjoy Casher vs. Casher live. Welcome to this special Hanukkah episode of The Kibbutz! That was great. Wow. That was very good. Um, all right, uh, I'm your host, Dan Crane, and I'd like to bring up, first of all, uh, a, a rabbi. You know him, you love him, Mr. David Kasher! And. This is this is a rare thing. This is uh, this is his brother, and it's you know the rare uh, thing, especially in Los Angeles, a Jewish comedian, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Moshe Kasher. All right. Thank you very much. Yes. Are you on? Oh, is the on on? Hello? Great. Oh. oh, that sounds perfect. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know that earlier Dan was like, oh, I'm going to go fix the audio. And then when we came back, this was his fix. Yeah. It's working good, yeah. Well, I, I, was, I, yeah, I yeah. wanted to make you sound worse and me sound better. I think I sound good, actually. Yeah? No? no? Maybe, maybe a little gain off of number three. Yeah. How's that? I don't know. How are, how's that? Hi, everybody. Hell yeah. That's All right. Here we Less are. Less gain, exactly. Less gain. Oh, we got an I audio like nerd in the audience, ladies and gentlemen. You guys got to We should have a little bit. put you to work earlier. All right. All right. We'll edit all this out. No, don't edit it out. This no. is radio perfect. Yeah, this, this is, is real. Good. This is good. All right, so uh, it is yeah, like, the, it's the last night of Hanukkah. We're in Los Angeles. Uh, we're at this amazing event. And uh, I want to just kind of... I, I, I was at a thing the other night. It was the, it was the first night of Hanukkah. And there was a lot of non-Jews there. And... Uh, Ew, for real? I know. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh... <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, e-car. All right. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the host of the evening was trying to explain to the non-Jews, like, what's the deal with Hanukkah? And she couldn't... It was Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> I was at Jerry's. What is the deal with Hanukkah? What? That was, that's like a Jewish inception. Right? <laughs> Just eats itself. Uh... No, it's not Jerry. But anyway, but uh, the point is, she couldn't explain Hanukkah really. It was like, well, there's like a thing, and there's a battle, and I don't really, and then the eight days, and the light, and the thing. And then she said that there was a good thing going on Twitter, which is, like, if you don't understand Hanukkah, basically, like, imagine that your iPhone has 20% battery left, and it lasts for eight days. 
that's that's the miracle of Hanukkah. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Um, but so I just want to. I, I we we've talked about this before actually on the, our first episode of the of the kibitz, But I want to kind of go back and talk about like what is the miracle? What you know? What does the holiday really? Where does it come in the Torah? I don't think it does. You know what's? The, what, oh shit! Oh, shots fired. I know. Man. Boom. <laughs> Damn. You know. Is this just like our way of competing? You know, with, with Christmas, that yeah, was made. It Santa, was, that's, that's all that the original. No, there. I mean, the truth is, the response that you describe, like oh, I don't know, something war, war miracle, something. That's pretty typical, and that the good news is, it, it, it's not just the you know average uh, American Jew today. It's also all the way back. It doesn't seem so clear what Hanukkah is. So there's not like there's not a lot of material on Hanukkah. Like there's there, it's not in the in the actual Torah, it's not in the actual Hebrew Bible, and it's not, there's, there's one page in the Talmud. Like, one, like, every other holiday has a whole, like imagine an encyclopedia, like a whole book, there's one page in the Talmud, and it's like, it just pops up because they're talking about lighting candles for Shabbat, and they're like, oh, and here's how you light the, hand, the candle for Hanukkah, and then literally, like some voice in the Talmud is like, wait, what's, what's Hanukkah? Like, they don't even seem to know. And they're like, well, I, it's the, you know, there was this thing where the, the Greeks had uh, overtaken and we won, and then we had to rededicate the temple. And it just, it's just like one line there that's like, and the oil that they had was only enough for one night, and it lasted eight nights, so they made a holiday. So like, basically my friend who explained it that night basically was reading from the Talmud. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there are earlier sources, but none of them mention a miracle. Like, there, there's stuff, there's literature from the period, there's a historian who wrote, not at the time, but hundreds of years later, but they all talk about the fact, and it's complicated, it's like not even the Greeks, because it's sort of like the Syrian breakaway from the Greeks who were invading, and then it's not even really that they were invading and the Jews fought back, it's more like they were kind of taking over, it was their empire, and there were some Jews who were like, Cool. I love Greek culture. Let's let's get down. This is great. That's real were... though. They throw plates. They uh, light cheese on fire. <laughs> it's fun. Greek culture is opa, opa. Hey. I feel like we could. Yeah, we could have gotten. Got those cool hats, like little sailor hats and stuff. Man, they're cool. <laughs> the yogurt is delicious. Uh, yeah, man. So some really good love on that Greek I, yogurt. Uh, Rabbi, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> if I might, Azorba the Greek, my big fat Greek wedding. A lot of cool stuff going on there. But there was this whole group that was like, no, I don't like those movies. I don't like that yogurt. I, like we, in other words, like we got to stay Jewish. And they were, the weird thing is they were kind of like extremists. Like they were fundamental, like no mixing with outside culture, like only Jewish. So the, the they that you're talking about are the Maccabees. The Maccabees, Right, yeah. so the Maccabees are these hardcore... They're like zealots. Zealot they're Jews. zealots. Wait, they're they... not like zealots. They literally were the zealots, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not polite, but they were essentially zealous. No, I don't. I mean, they were literally the, the group known as the zealots, right? Right, they are the predecessor to what we <laughs> know. So it's literally. Yeah. So in a way, it is polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's technical, even. But, um, but yeah, no, that's basically the war. And all of those early, like, like fragments that we have, historical fragments, describe basically like the Greeks coming in and saying, hey, we'll let you do your thing, but just like, you know, make an offering or sometimes a little more hardcore, like you really have to adopt Greek culture. And they were basically like, no, we're gonna fight back to the death. And that was Hanukkah, but it seems like by the time that Hanukkah got to the Talmud, like which is hundreds of years later, when the rabbis are under Roman rule, 
it wasn't so awesome for them to say like, hooray, we are victorious. Like we are the mighty like conquering. <laughs> right. Because they had been conquered. So there's a shift to focus on this n- first mention, this new thing, the miracle of Hanukkah, which is, you know, a little like it's important because it's the dedication of the temple, but it's not the biggest miracle in the world, but no, that becomes the focus. Uh, to quote, uh, uh, my favorite rabbi. It's kind of a boo-boo miracle, am I right? Like right, it's, it's, kind, a, it's of, a, kind of a whack miracle. Like oil, I mean, oh, we got extra oil burned. I mean that the iPhone thing. It's like it's not that big of a deal, you right. know. <laughs> although, it, does, it does seem like it'd be weird to to make a whole holiday around it. Although right? to, to to that point, like somebody giving you like a, a, a like a little quote about what Hanukkah is. We had David and I have this family friend who's not Jewish, who texted us today. He's like, my friend said the most clever thing. She said, Hanukkah, the story is uh, basically that uh, they tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. Isn't that clever? And I was like, "Uh, you mean the deepest cliche of all Jewish descriptions? But it was cute and adorable that he thought he was introducing this particular thing to us. So I think that that nowadays... You know, rabbis always want to be clever, so they're like, aha, you didn't know the original story was about a military victory. But there's actually this tension in the holiday. Like, is Hanukkah about, like, we won, let's eat? Or is it about this special spiritual thing? And I think depending on where Jews are at at a certain moment in history, it becomes more, maybe maybe because they're powerless or powerful, it becomes, like, easier for them to say, like, we are military, you know, victors, and this is what it's about. And then at other times, it's kind of like, eh, like, let's not talk about that so much, either because we're uncomfortable with this, the, the zealotry, or because, like, we're actually not that powerful, so let's just focus on our spiritual life. Let's just focus on cool little miracle stories. Right, but to be clear, like, it was... It was Jews fighting Jews in this military victory. Yeah, I mean, that's what's, what's crazy about Hanukkah now is that, I said, it's like sort of like hard to even find in Judaism. It's become this really important holiday in part because, right, in this country, because of its proximity to Christmas. And it's like all about like, well, what's Jewish identity in the midst of all this, you know, mainstream culture? And that's kind of what it originally was, which, which is this battle, this conversation that's always happened in Judaism around should we like be Jews but kind of like adopt to the world adapt to the world around us or no like is it important to just like preserve who we are and to be so there's this way in which today's Hanukkah is sort of echoing the themes of the old school Hanukkah except that we're more like the ones that didn't win we're more like like the like well we like American culture but we are also Jews we're trying to mix it all together we go to our friends Christmas parties but we got a thing too you know like that was the side that lost in Hanukkah right We like gyros and that cheesy light on fire. That kind of. I'm excited because I just had a I just had a, a, a child and uh, my niece. Hey, and, so did I. And okay. my my one's cooler though. And and uh, I'm super excited about uh, a new tradition for Hanukkah, which is uh, when she gets old enough that that's the day the, the eight days that she'll call her friends prior to Christmas and let them know that there is no Santa Claus, which I feel like <laughs> it's one of the great advantages of a Jewish child. I mean, it's one of the only true advantages is that you can you can stick it to that bullshit mythology that they've got and just go, brah, brah, you, there is no Santa. Deal with reality. We're, we're, we're careening towards the end, stuff like that. This is good. This is like a, I think, a, I think our community could take on that campaign, spreading <laughs> that, yeah. that important message. That could be very cool for our community, I think. <laughs> Very positive. Really popular. Yeah. A war on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's a good, that's kind of a nice ring to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I have... came up with it. My, my, na- 
my neighbors, I have neighbors next door. I have neighbors, which is crazy. <laughs> Surprise that didn't hey, get all right, all right. Surprise that didn't yeah, you don't have neighbors. No. All right. They sent their, they have a big old cross on their, on their house and uh, like a lit up cross and they're always complaining about light, light pollution coming from our house. They're kind of cool people, but uh, they sent us a, Chris, a, a, a card last year that was a happy holidays card and happy holidays, holidays was crossed out and the word Christmas was written underneath it. They, they fully know we're Jews. Like they 100% know we're Jews. It said happy holidays already, the default was holidays. Yeah, no wonder you're like, a, Santa Claus is bullshit! <laughs> yeah, at 38 years old, I decided I was gonna wage war on Santa. <laughs> but so, I mean, that, I feel like the assimilation question and the, the, and the kind of similarities to, to Christmas in terms of like, okay, so Christmas has, you know, morphed into this thing that's got Santa Claus and, you know, all the, and, and like a turkey and all the stuff. Yeah, the classic Christmas turkey. Yeah. yeah. It's a goose. It's a I goose. think it's a Sorry, goose. whatever. I'm not, what do I know? Christmas. Um, but then now, you know, we just You're have... more of a zealot, it I'm seems like. I'm more of a like. zealot, exactly. But we've got, we've got latkes, we've got the donuts, we've got, you know, dreidel, like what... Can I, before we yeah. go into that, yeah, can yeah, I, I just want to give another anecdote about my neighbors. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but we're missing one big thing about when you, you say that there's very little uh, um, literature about Hanukkah, and now you're talking about Christians and Christmas. There actually is a Bible that contains the literature about Hanukkah that we don't re regard as canonical, which is the Catholic Bible has the Book of Maccabees in it. Yeah. They're more down with the Maccabees than we are. They kept it. Right, and again, the, the, the rabbis, and when I say the rabbis, like capital R, I, mean, I refer to like a certain period in the first and second century where this like movement is coming up that, that we've inherited in, in modern Judaism. The rabbis are the, are the ones who decided what books were in and what books were out of the Hebrew Bible. And it's pretty clear that there was something about that Maccabees story, which the Catholics have included, that was just, it was not palatable. That They did not like the idea. And, and the story contains... You know, like we said, like zealotry, like uh, you know, ma uh, you know, Matityahu, the Matthias. Oh, I love that one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One day, one day. You've yeah, yeah, yeah. been doing cheese, flaming cheese, Greek culture. He like, you know, he like leaps up in the middle of a crowd and just like slaughters someone as a way of show. Like, just you know, it's it's about violence, and I and the rabbis, like their culture was about learning, and you know, like. And, and, you know, spirituality, it just wasn't... The, some people think that the reason it's not in there is because it just wasn't their jam, that that's not the way they saw their religion. But it is the way they described it when they took it out. That's not my jam right there. <laughs> <laughs> but they kept the Book of Esther, which is the same thing. It's like the narrative in the Book of Esther right. comes to an end. It's like, and then, thus, we lived happily ever after. Well, almost. And then they're like, there was a week of bloodshed where the... <laughs> There was, we swam in the blood of our enemies for like chapter after chapter. It's so unnecessary. And they left those out. Right, I mean, they couldn't, I, it seems like they couldn't whitewash the entire history of violence. But so the, the book of Maccabee in the Catholic Bible is that that's basically the set, this story. Like, is it's this not where we the get story the of Hanukkah. Like, it, it, it's about other things. It's about the period of the, the Hasmoneans, Hasmonein. But, um, but it, it makes reference to the story of Hanukkah. It describes it, and again, it's about like this, you know, vicious, you know, um, re, 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 retort to a, to a, a potential conquest. 
and that's and we won and we rededicated the temple and hooray. It right. doesn't mention the miracle at all. Huh, interesting. All right. Well, so speaking of the miracle, what then? So then, when when does you know when do, do do latkes and the fried stuff and the dreidel and all that jazz? When does that all enter into the tradition of Hanukkah? Is that is that a, an American thing? Well, it like... lot, it's not. It's it's it's. it's it, it, I guess it's not early, but it, but it's not American. It's like back. You oh, it's know, Eastern in, European in, in the olden days. Yeah, mm-hmm. and these things like. Um, jelly donuts and latkes, it's because of the oil, the sure. reference to oil. And the miracle is that there was only, that the, not just that there was only enough oil, but that there was oil around, but that it had been contaminated. Because remember, this is like a temple and everything has to be pure. So there's a sense, the, the Greeks brought, or the Syrian Greeks or whatever it is, brought like a pig onto the altar and they, um, they defiled the temple. So it, was, it wasn't like, oh, we just won, yay. It, it was a hard fought battle. And um, the temple had been desecrated, and the oil that they found was supposedly like the last flask of pure oil. And so there was only enough for one night, and they lit it, which in itself um, is remarkable <laughs> that they would that they would that they would begin an eight-day process knowing they didn't have enough oil for it. That's like one way of of thinking about that that moment. But it really becomes the focus on that miracle becomes a focus on like okay, the war is over, but what's it like? to live in a war-torn country? Like, what's it like to live in the aftermath of a war when, yeah, you kind of pushed off the enemy, but now you're, you're decimated and you have, you're, you have no more resources and their basic needs for, for spiritual purposes, but also, I mean, if there's not a lot of oil around, like, how much food is there around? You know, like, it becomes about this moment where it feels like, yeah, we just pushed through, but we're, we don't know if we're gonna make it, and suddenly, we do. We like we manage with the resources that we have. Somehow they last, and that's that must be God, and that must be a miracle. Because as Moshe said, it's not like a miracle like the the splitting of the Red Sea. It's like okay, so the oil lasts a little longer, but <laughs> but for a people who have nothing, that matters. Right. Woo! You got a woo out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so I want to talk about. I mean, the the night that we're doing tonight is uh, part of uh, the Give Light organization, um, and. You know, is there a way to kind of start thinking about, you know, I feel like we all feel this sort of oppressive sense of like, you know, this holiday season is all about like, oh, I got to get a present for Aunt Joan and I got to get, you know, everybody has to get a present. My new child needs presents. Um, and is there a way to like, to, to, to refocus, some, like, in a, in a way that celebrates the holiday to like refocus that energy into like... Helping others. Oh, you're saying, is there a way to focus, change our focus on Hanukkah from what it's become this commercial kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a great book on Amazon. I have Amazon Prime right now. And <laughs> if you sign up for Amazon Prime, it's $9.99 a month, and things come to your house like really overnight. What? At any rate, it's kind of an amazing company in every single way, every single rubric by which a company can be great. Amazon this podcast is, is sponsored by yeah. Amazon. <laughs> oh, that was just a joke. Go ahead, Rabbi. <laughs> Some of them are tens, some of them are fours. You know, I just throw them out there, see what happens. I think that the... Speaking of fours, you can put a four-star rating on Amazon.com. You like this podcast? I like the idea of you as an Amazon spokesman. It'd be good for, for our whole family. You yeah. Know? It'd be good for the last hundred years of capitalism. <laughs> um, you got that long? No, I think, I think that this focus on this... Mir- Look, I think that a lot of the power of... Jewish um, holidays is that they suggest 
the capacity for empathy. You know, like we were slaves in Egypt, so we have to think about people who suffer and don't have freedom today. And similarly, Hanukkah, well, Hanukkah, right, Hanukkah doesn't seem to fit in that paradigm because it's like, we won the war, but this shift to thinking about, well, but then it was hard and we didn't have enough. And, you know, like, it's a miracle when, when re the limited resources that we have last, that experience should like, like Passover, should, should cre like create within us a kind of empathy for others who don't have enough. Whether because they, they have been through some traumatic historical event or whether just because they, they don't have enough. Like we should be sensitized to that. And this, this spin on Hanukkah taps us into that kind of consciousness. And that's where dreidels come in. Hey, I don't know about dreidels. <laughs> I don't know about dreidels, that's where that came along. Well, yeah, so there's some good uh, Jewish money gambling jokes, I think, in there, I'll leave that. Okay, great, thanks, David. What a good, what a good setup, huh? So dreidels, right? I mean, golly, it's like, what is it? A, it's a top, you're trying to trick me here? I know what that is. That's just a, a, a top that didn't assimilate you. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the man behind the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I found religion. I'm gonna do that back to you. Be like, I don't know. That you got a Torah prayer kind of blessing thing. There's some good Torah in there. Go ahead, Rabbi. <laughs> is this what like We're a great team? Yeah. Uh -huh. Is this what Hanukkah is like? It, you know, when you guys Hanukkah. do you celebrate it together? Do you guys do a thing? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, we had a yeah, we, we did Hanukkah together. Hanukkah together yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who makes, yeah. Who, who makes the lockers? I made the lockers. Yeah. Moshe is the is a good. How cook. were they? Uh, they, they were good. No, I, my the secret. Dan, the secret to a good latke <laughs> Tell me, Moshe. In my family is uh, don't peel the potatoes. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, got one thing out of this. Don't peel those taters and you gotta use hog lard to fry them bad boys up. <laughs> no. Delicious. I ate it. It's so good. No. You just grab that pig head off the altar that the Syrian Greeks left for you. You tallow that down in a nice boil. Yeah. This is Moshe's whole holiday vibe. Is like Santa's not real, and you just ate pork, Rabbi. No, I, 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 I am capable of being serious, but not at a live podcast format. But I, I do think the most profound thing that has come up is that this whole holiday, the theme is uh, anti-assimilation, and what it has become is an expression of American and assimilation. And that, that to me is a, that's a wild and, and kind of nasty irony. Even more ironic than pork-flavored latkes. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just pick up on that and say, like, I don't know, not to be a, like the Grinch of, of Hanukkah, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it should be a gift. Oh, you're, your, mic, your mic's going out. I don't think it should be a, a gift-giving holiday because, you know, it, it is the antithesis of that consciousness of, of, of scarcity and of limited resource. The idea that we just, I, I'm not against gifts, but like I'm not against, but I just don't think that idea, look, obviously Hanukkah You're is losing them, David. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Hanukkah has become increasingly prominent in American culture because of its proximity to Christmas. And I'm not going to even, like, that, that's fine. I don't, I'm not going to comment. And there are some interesting parallels, you know, light during the darkness, and that's great. But the, I, the, I don't even think this is Christian. It's like American, the idea that it's all about the stuff you buy and give to each other. Like, that's, you know, do that on another, do that on your Black birthday. Friday. That's yeah. not what Hanukkah's about. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I don't like giving gifts either, but uh, I just don't like to have to think about and remember people's 
you know, wants and desires. You just don't like gener- like giving. No, I like giving, but it's like I don't like celebr. I don't like ritualized giving. Well, yeah, like organized gift giving. Yeah, it's, it's like, like let me buy you something because yeah, I, I thought you were cool or something yeah. reminded me of you. I'm talking to my wife right now and. Uh, <laughs> I did give her a gift tonight, actually. I gave her an Amazon Kindle, I swear to God. <laughs> you have got a, you have got a promotion deal. I, I'm not kidding. You I did really not did. tell me about it. I think they're an evil company. Well, go ahead. Um, I think we're, I mean, I think we're good. I feel like we nailed Hanukkah. I mean, is it, I, I don't know if we have time. I'd be, does anybody have a question about Hanukkah? Hell yeah. We got uh, a, questions. We have a Keep rabbi and a comedian. Does anybody have any questions? There's a hundred Jews in the crowd. <laughs> nope, no questions. No, the first time in history. Then, then I would say a great miracle happened here. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Could oh, wow. Be. Maybe. It's a yeah. miracle. It's oh, a yeah, Hanukkah. we got one in the back. Yeah, yeah. I yes. knew it. So this is an Ikar crowd, he says. Where else do we bring in the social justice element? I'm doing this for podcasting. For- Thanks, Moshe. You're Where else do we bring in the social justice element to the holiday, says the man in the back. Hmm. Well, I mean, look, I think that this holiday it has that, that tension in it where it is... It is, on the one hand, possible to think of it as like, it's not about other people, it's not about helping, it's about being secure. And you know what? That's a message that the Jewish community can probably relate to right now. Like, we have, there's, like we've been insecure as a people a lot throughout history. So not every expression of our sort of religious celebration has to fit into this social, social justice sort of paradigm. But this shift, this move away from that sort of like, you know, that sort of intense, like it's all about us, to thinking about, you know, spirituality and light and 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 limited resources. These themes, I think, they tap us into it. Look, Passover is the social justice holiday. Like we have social justice holidays. This one is like it's a complicated holiday, and there's a tension in it. And that's I think that's true to the tension, a tension that exists in. In, in, in Jewish history. Like there are times when we feel like we're under attack and we're not thinking about social justice, just like thinking about survival. And then there are times where we're feeling a little more confident, a little more secure. And then we can, then we have the, the capacity to say, wait a minute now, what, what lessons have we learned from our experience? And how can we apply them to a suffering and broken world? Yeah, I, 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 that's beautiful. Oh yeah, give, give them the, yeah. <laughs> And, 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 I, and I just think that this is, you know, this is a complicated moment because we're really, we live in a, we live in a, a we're so lucky to live in a, in a wealthy country and to be a, a minority population that's done relatively well in that country. And we really have to acknowledge that, that privilege and to give, give from that place. But at the same time, like there was a shooting in the Jewish community, like, you know, not long, you know, not long ago, same rhetoric that has scared us in the past is like, entering into our public discourse again. So both of these Jewish concerns or anxieties, you might put them, are, are present in this moment and in this holiday. So it's, it's really a question of like, what, what part of it you want to mine? But I also think like, if you're looking for a social justice component to the narrative of Hanukkah, it seems like it's really right there for you. It's like, you know, agitate against your oppressor, your colonialist oppressor. I mean, it, it just seems like it's in, it's in, it's there. You know, I mean, if you don't, I, whatever, right? I, no, that's that's super well said, actually. I've been friends. 
hot, some hot, some hot Torah for that ass. What's up? Uh, that's what I always say after a, after a sermon. <laughs> um, no, but that that's is my jam right there. That is super well said because I think it's true that I've been describing it as this either or. But you know what? Like. The, a war, when it's waged for freedom, is also a so, an act of social justice, you know? And so there's a way in which the fight for one's own survival is also, like, in some ways, like, they're both under the banner of trying to, trying to find justice in the world, trying to find freedom in the world. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. Was there one more? You had a question, I think. I'll ask a question. Um, yeah. Have you heard of the tradition of putting menorahs in the window? So I guess pastors might continue. I was wondering if you speak to the relevance of that. I Have you heard of the tradition of putting the menorah in the window? Could you speak to the relevance of that? <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I, I have heard of it. Um, it it's, um, yeah, I've heard of it. It is, uh, it is. Have I heard of it? Have I heard of it? <laughs> Rabbi Kasher. Yeah, I heard of it. It is. <laughs> It is. Um, it's a. It's a central feature of the 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 practice of lighting a Hanukkah candle is that it's supposed to be um, persume nise is the is the phrase in, in Aramaic, which is promoting the miracle, like showing to the world, like being really public and and proud about what happened, which is promoting the miracle, but also in a sense promoting the fact that like yeah, like we won and we are independent and we. So that is definitely a, so you put it either outside originally or by the window or in a place where your neighbors can see it. But I think it, the relevance of that in the context of the discussion we've been having is that there has, again, at different times in Jewish history, the Hanukkah candles have been either like further out because that was a safe thing to do. Or they've been like a little bit like, you know, it's okay, you know, the legal literature discusses, well, you can put it on the table near the window, or maybe you can just put it at the main table in the house. And some of the, some of what's going on there is they're saying like, it's actually not so safe to just be like, hey, we're Jewish, you know? So, so it depends. Like there's, the, the, that's the ideal, but it's not always possible to like display one's Judaism on, on one's sleeve that way. Wasn't there, there's some story I remember, and I hope this isn't just some like, bullshit internet like good feeling story but I think it really happened that there was a, a Jewish family in some town in like one of the you know the the white areas north of here like what's up no not flyover more uh, like Idaho Montana Wyoming kind of like they're more than flyover they're uh, often havens for white supremacists but uh <laughs> No, I, I love all three of those states actually. But anyway, there was a there. Was, I'm just kidding. That was a little joke for for. I'm sure you got a lot of Wyoming <laughs> listeners. The, yeah, uh, white supremacists. But anyway, somebody threw. There was a Hanukkah in the window, and somebody threw like a brick through the window, and like an anti-Semitic attack. And then the the town, uh, which it was only one Jewish family, I think, in the town. I think they printed in their newspaper uh, a menorah, a lit menorah. And then the next day, like the whole town had put up the menorah in their window that night. And a show of solidarity with the, so you know that that's a sweet story about putting the the can, maybe it's bullshit. It could be not true. Look, and I think that that is I another a lot of Torah coming out of the the comedian tonight because I think that's another like deep way to think about to think about the holiday, which is that this is a moment when we felt like we could just be ourselves and we could just be who we are and not and not die for it, and that also sensitizes us because there are people in our midst that are persecuted for who they are. 
And some of that is, is religious persecution, and some of that is racial persecution, and some of that is uh, gender persecution. Like there's all kinds of um, people uh, in our society who can't just be who they are in public, you know, and not face danger. So I think that that's, that's also a very deep window into what this, what this holiday offers to us. <laughs> yeah. This is a really good intersectional question. This is where I step out as a comedian. Go ahead. Um, so I just moved here. I have, I'm not religious. Just moved here. Not religious. Learning about the culture and the religion. What's appropriate for me to join in on, and what isn't? In 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 what context? Because she's not Jewish. Oh oh, as a non-Jew. Oh, get on in. It's Hanukkah. No one cares. Jump in. Hundred percent. You're in. Yeah, I think I, I think I can. Um, I, I want to say two things. One one is just that on behalf of of this community of Icar, like we we're, we welcome everybody. We're happy to have all kinds of all kinds of Jews and and all kinds of Jews friends and lovers and and everybody's in. But I also want to say that the whole question of whether um, or not. Um, this is a cultural experience, a religious experience, or what do you, I, I think that's a, it, look, it's a, it's a useful distinction in some ways, but it's a false binary. Like Jewish tradition has always been more than just a religious experience. And it's also been a cultural experience that contains spirituality and, and a search for God and all, all that's mixed up. And you will like, you will find yourself like maybe more passionate about one end or another of that spectrum, but it's impossible to separate those things in Jewish tradition. Religion isn't something that you just like have in your heart and, and commune with God. It's something that involves like all of life and all of life includes business dealings and it includes um, going out to make a better world and it includes, but it, and it includes spiritual religious rituals. It's all of that. So, you know, you know come on in and, and, and try and figure out what, what, what speaks to you. And a lot of a lot of there food. There is a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of food. No, 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 no debate on that. Yeah. Yeah. We got a guy in the front. Aaron, yeah. I can see your name tag. Yeah. Um, when you guys were younger, uh, who lit the... Oh, thank you. Oh, when you guys were younger, who lit the menorah on Hanukkah? Wait, what do you... Between the two of us, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I, or, or, yeah. I think probably, third, yeah. Probably our dad did. Uh, yeah. I don't... Interesting question. Um... <laughs> This is where I reveal that neither David or I are Jewish, and this is <laughs> weird. We did not grow up celebrating Hanukkah. Oh my God. I did, wow, that was Ronan Farrow level investigative journalism. I busted. Wow. Um, no, there's, uh, so I remember, I remember that in my, um, my dad's house, my father would light one Hanukkah, one menorah for all of us. And then I, I think when we did it ourselves in California, where our parents, lit, each one lived on a different coast, we would each light one. And that actually reflects a, a, a certain kind of debate in, in Jewish law as to exactly how should this, this, this commandment be carried out? Should it, should it be a, a, a thing that a, one household shares or should it be kind of an individual experience and everybody gets their own? So I don't know, I sort of feel like the more lights the better, but there's a little bit of, uh, of ambiguity. You'll see various practices in, in different people's houses. What about you, Aaron? What happened to your house? Ah. Uh, did you actually want to know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
in the way that I want to be doing this at all. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, uh, um, I'm totally kidding. We can cut it out. We can cut it out. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, my, uh, my, so my mom is not Jewish. My mom is not Jewish. She, she was born Catholic. And uh, my father is Jewish, and he really wanted to raise us Jewish, and she totally agreed to that, but she said, let's do it in our way. So actually, the Catholic pseudo-Jewish religion that she has chosen to live by, she buys a new menorah every year. So what that means is, I'm, I'm 25. I'm, there's been 27 menorahs on our... <laughs> there's 27 menorahs on our dining room table, and it's not whether or not you can light the menorah, it's whether or not you can light two or three menorahs before the rest of the house burns down. So, that's, uh, so you have like 27 total menorahs? I can't believe you asked me if I really wanted to know. <laughs> the answer should have been, you're gonna fucking love this. <laughs> I have a tower of menorahs. <laughs> we just gotta get them lit before the house burns down as it does every year. It's an amazing story. Wow, menorah hoarder. Um, didn't know that was a thing. Uh, all right, what, one more question. Oh my God, there's all there's so many questions. Uh, I'll go with you. I wanted to know if you guys ever made your own menorah and Hanukkah as a kid. Because as, as a kid out here, I built one uh, when you're in kindergarten. You built out of the plank of wood and little nuts and bolts and yours burns down. Yeah, I can see everyone shaking their head. So did you ever do that as well? Or build our own. Did we ever build our own menorahs? No, we're gonna outsource that through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think our family was not typically Jewish in a lot of ways, but was typically Jewish in that we didn't have a lot of practical building skills. Huh. Yeah. Although, so I, here's a little Rabbi David Kasher fun fact. <laughs> David started taking a whittling class at age, I think, eight or something like that. Everyone else... Why well, you gotta bring this up? This isn't relevant. <laughs> well, you talk about practical building skills. The whole thing, everyone was like a 75-year-old whittler that was like, what the fuck is that kid doing here? But that's okay. That was just a weird little blip in his childhood. And in the summers, he would take Yiddish classes at the, at the Yivo Institute, where everyone in the class was a... I was pretty cool. I was a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I was like taking acid at the time, but uh... both expanding your minds in different, yeah, right? very different ways. <laughs> Amazing. That's cool, kid. That's cool, kid. Yeah. Uh, over on this side. Yeah. I would like to know what led you to rabbinical school. Oh. This is just an interview question about what led David to rabbinical school. The LA Times. Oh, you're with the LA Times. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, look, I, I'll, I'll put it in, in Hanukkah terms. I, I think we grew, we grew up we grew up with um, two, uh, divorced parents, one who went kind of zealous, <laughs> like one who went super hardcore into religion, and one who sort of like let it fade and kind of raised us more more kind of secular American progressive. And so I think I felt from a very early age, and I think we probably both did a certain kind of um, tension because there was something beautiful about both of those worlds. And it is, you know, in some ways, the continuing Jewish struggle to figure out, well, how, like, how do I, how do I merge the culture that I live in and the culture that I'm inheriting, and which one's more important to me? And I've been, you know, like, those, that tension was really live for me from an early age, and rabbinical school was sort of the culmination of an attempt to, to integrate those two things, which I think 
is part of what we are, we are largely in, in this community not looking for a, a zealous, like all Judaism all the time, nothing else. And so that integration and exactly how you balance it and how you preserve Judaism in the midst of a world which, you know, has an increasingly not just like dominant uh, local culture, but in dominant global culture. What does it mean for all of us, Jews, non-Jews, everybody, to preserve identity and to think like, listen, I'm different in this way and that's sacred and important to me, though I am a citizen of the world. So, yeah. Good. I think I'm going to check our time. What time is it? Anybody? Uh, but let me get final question. Final question. All right. Since my daughter's going to grow up and ra- wage war on Santa, yes. Is there any literature on whether or not the miracle of Hanukkah is a midrash or mythology of some sort? Okay, that is not where I thought you were going with that question. <laughs> is there any literature on whether or not the midrash, the, the, the story of Hanukkah, is midrash or... So made up. Or made up. I, I can say pretty authoritatively, as a rabbi, a representative of Jewish tradition, that it's all true, everything, all of our stories are 100% true. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All right. Give it up for David Kasher. And Moshe Kasher. All right. Um, this has been great. I just, I just want to wrap up. If you, if you, uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, but this was kind of an ongoing segment on the Kibitz podcast called Kasher versus Kasher. <laughs> I'm out of breath. And, uh, and then we would just kind of debate, debate various themes, various uh, ideas, and that kind of thing. And so uh, check out the Kibitz podcast, and this will be going up uh, next week. And you tell your friends, I was there when the shit blows up on the internet. Hey, yeah, and I'll be at the, if you're listening in Portland, you know, I'll be oh, at, yeah. the, uh, the, at the Helium, Club, uh, Helium in Portland uh, the weekend before Christmas <laughs> with my wife, Natasha Legero. So come see I'll us. I'll be at Ecar this Shabbat and every Shabbat. <laughs> see you there. All right. Have some latkes, have some donuts, happy holidays. Love Dan Crane. The after party is in Moshe's. Dan Crane, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Dan Crane, and is sponsored by Reboot. Send us some love on Twitter at KibitzPod, and uh, please tell your friends about the podcast, and hopefully, we will be back soon.